You're listening to the Mindful Mama podcast, episode number 223. Today is a special on-air coaching session talking about how to handle children not listening. Welcome to the Mindful Mama podcast. Here, it's about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you've calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm your host, Hunter Clark-Fields, Mindful Mama Mentor. I help smart, thoughtful parents stay calm so they can have strong, connected relationships with their children. I've been practicing mindfulness for over 20 years. I'm the creator of the Mindful Parenting Membership, and I'm the author of Raising Good Humans, a mindful guide to breaking the cycle of reactive parenting and raising kind, confident kids. Welcome back to the podcast, my friend. I am so glad you are here. In just a moment, I'm going to be sitting down with Raising Good Humans reader and friend of mine, Kaylin Asher, to talk about what do we do when you ask your child to do something and she doesn't listen. Ah. So kids not listening has to be one of the biggest parental frustrations there is. And we're going to walk through that step by step by step. So I want you to listen to some takeaways, how threatening kids is a really common default when we feel stuck, how kids want to be seen, heard, and acknowledged, and of course, that crucial pause step, it really does always come first. So this is going to be a very powerful episode, my friend. Um, If you are listening to it the very week it comes out, you still have a couple days to join the Mindful Parenting membership. And this is like getting to connect with me another three times a month and talk in person about your personal challenging problems and and, uh, the connection with the, the members is like the best hugest part. I love being able to check in with you personally and hear what's going on in your life. But mindful parenting is all about how to take care of our own reactions and how to parent, create cooperation without having to punish our kids and helping walking you through uh, yelling and how to create cooperation. So from the inside out, it's really cool. And it, it does um, it's like a whole transformation. It's like learning another language. So I, we offer lifetime memberships and that's the most popular option. So I, I would love to have you join us and check out the membership and learn more about it. And that's at mindfulparentingcourse.com. You can join just briefly. The doors are open at mindfulparentingcourse.com. And if you get there in their clothes, then join the wait list and, and maybe we'll catch you next time. Okay, and now I want to dive into this episode. Let's talk about how to handle not listening. Kaylin, thanks so much for coming on the Mindful Mama podcast. Oh, it's great to be here with you. <laughs> I'm glad you're here too. And uh, this is, we're going to be doing some on-air coaching, and uh, which is great because you're like a friend of mine in other contexts. And so <laughs> we're going to dive in and, and look. So give us a little, little context. Uh, tell us about who are the little people in your life. Yes. So I've got two little girls in my life. Uh, Leona is five and Emery is three. And we are all spending a lot of time together these days, (laughs) which is actually really interesting that um, 
I, I don't know. I'm just excited to dive into that with you because I've noticed like some things have sort of so sorted themselves out and then other different issues have presented. So um, I think a lot of us right now being stuck at home are just recognizing our patterns <laughs> that we tend to have. <laughs> Even they're like really coming to light. And so I'm excited to chat with you and just get your your take on how to navigate this time with even more calm and spaciousness for everybody's emotions. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, spaciousness, it's like, that's <laughs> with our kids. It's like 24 hours a day with our children, yeah. no breaks, no babysitters. It's, it's hard. This is an incredibly hard time and really kind of unprecedented. So the, I feel like the, the homeschoolers of the world are going, wah, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> to all of us in some ways. My love to you, homeschooling mama and papa. All right. So let's, let's start off then with, um, I love to start off my, my client calls and everything with, you know, what, what are some of the things you're happy with? What are the things that are working uh, for you right now? What are your wins? Yeah, so that's a great question to lead in with, <laughs> especially because I was making a list of like all the things I'm like, I need to talk to Hunter about this. <laughs> um, yeah, some of the wins, I feel like I'm noticing I'm being more patient and less reactive overall. Um, I think my threshold has just, my tolerance has just increased or my level of expectation has lowered of like what, <laughs> what I'm expecting in terms of behavior. And so I'm just able to hold space for them and what they're, they're dealing with as we're all together. So that's definitely a win. Um, I don't know if I'd totally put it on me, but I love seeing my girls are actually getting along really well with one another, which mm. I think is cool. Um, spending so much time together, I was kind of concerned about how much fighting there would be because they're, they were just getting into this like real bickering stage and they obviously still have their moments, but they're playing together so nicely, which feels really good because that gives me time. Yay. And it's also just it's so fun to see them enjoying one another. So that's, that feels like a win. Although I don't know if I can totally take credit. That's more on them. <laughs> and I, I will say, especially with my older daughter, my five-year-old, she is, she is really loving the homeschool stuff that we're doing. And I was not a homeschool mom. I probably will not stay a homeschooling mom, but I, um, I feel proud of myself for the things I've been able to get her excited about and the progress I see her making. Um, she's in pre-K right now, but she's doing like a bunch of kindergarten stuff. And it was just, it's fun to see her so excited about learning. My little one, I don't feel like I'm winning there, but that's it. <laughs> I'll leave that off since we're just talking about wins right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, those are awesome wins. I mean, to be feeling like you're less patient and less reactive overall, that's awesome. High fives. Um, and whether it comes from, you know, whatever or lowered expectations, like lowered expectations can be really good, right? Like we hold ourselves and our kids to some really high expectations. And sometimes, especially when they're really little, we're like, you have done that for yourself once. So now I expect you to do that for yourself all the time. And that's, that's unrealistic. So that's great. The lowered expectations and on site, they're playing together. Hopefully, hopefully they'll come out of this with, you know, closer as siblings and yeah, that's, that's awesome. So, so yay. Yay for yay, those wins. <laughs> yay. All right. Awesome. So what are the, what are the challenges that are coming up? Yeah, I think something that, um, 
I'm I'm struggling with, and I guess my husband and I both, it's just, you know, you want your kids to listen to you. <laughs> and, <laughs> big and, question. <laughs> right? And, and I feel like when they don't, I'm not always feeling totally skillful about where to go from there when mm. it's like I've asked them a couple times to do something and then I can feel that my frustration's creeping up and I often want to default to like an ultimatum <laughs> sort yeah. of thing where it's like okay well if you're not going to pick up your toys I'm going to go put them in the garbage because that's where <laughs> I would prefer them to be <laughs> you know and like <laughs> I say it half in jest obviously like I honestly wouldn't pick up all their toys and throw them in the garbage but I go to that place sometimes and I'm like, that probably isn't the best thing to be saying right now, but it's like out of my mouth before I catch it. Oh yeah. I, I can completely relate. Threats are like the, the biggest, I think for many of us, it's probably like the biggest go-to sort of parenting tool. Um, and yeah, and you're right. It's not the most skillful one to be using. Um, threats, uh, threats of punishment or punishments uh, that are they. It's it's weird because we think of the like we we want to have discipline, and that's what we think of when we think dis- what discipline is. But um, but threats are they really end up like causing resentment in the long run and resentment makes our kids less likely to want to cooperate with us in the long run. And so we have this power over them, especially when they're little, like we have, we have a lot of power over them, but then as they grow, we have less and less power over them because they have more and more independent. And, and the problem with threats is that you kind of have to up it all the time. And and there's this, they, it it builds more resentment. So it's, it can, can kind of be a downward spiral. All right. So I'm hoping that you'll have a um, an example that's pretty pretty recent, maybe that you can remember of a situation, so we can kind of look at it and break it down a little bit. So, can you think of anything like a when they they weren't listening, uh, one of them wasn't listening, and what happened? Yeah, so to try to get specific about it, so I think the the cleaning up sort of scenario that I gave you a moment ago is is pretty relevant where. Um, yeah, I'm like, and I also know, and this is sort of a different topic. Um, I I have different expectations for my older daughter versus my younger daughter, and so mm-hmm. I sort of talking to Leona like, "Hey, you gotta pick up your toys. Like, it's time for." I think it was time for lunch and like, okay, let's clean up everything that we sort of messed up in the morning and I'm getting lunch ready and then we'll sort of meet at the table and have lunch together. And she's just not having it, you know, just dragging her feet, still sitting on the couch, like, mom, well, why don't you pick them up? Sort of like a little bit of like mild back talk. Mm-hmm. And, and that's when I would tip to the place of being like, all right, well, if you're not taking care of your toys, then I'm going to get rid of your toys (laughs) because I don't want to see them lying around. I'm not enjoying them and you don't seem to want to take care of them. And so it becomes, I, I get to like that snotty place (laughs) with her. (laughs) Okay, child. That's the way you want it. That's the way we're going to have it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, cool. So cleaning up. And so how do you ask her to clean up? How do you indicate that it's time to clean up? I would normally just be like, hey, Leona, can you pick up your toys? Great. Okay. That's great. So that's, that's pretty like neutral asking. That's wonderful. And it's normal. Like we always pick up your toys before that. So that's great because, um, 
can you pick up your toys is 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 good it's better than pick up your toys um just want to put that out there because we often like we use the language of orders and commands with our kids it's very natural very normal it's totally in the zeitgeist we all do it but if you think about it if your husband said to you kaylin do the dishes how would you feel (laughs) you would be like (laughs) i would definitely slap him with like my eyes like a look of just like what are you saying to me (laughs) Right. Yeah. So, but if he said, Hey, Kaylin, can you do the dishes? You might be like, yeah. Okay. So I just want to kind of put that out there because this, the piece about how we ask is really important. We often use what we call in mindful parenting, these language um, communication barriers and orders are one of them. So if we can kind of think about that and also think about like, well, how would I say this to my partner? How would I say this to like my respected auntie? You know, how, how, we want to think about what is that language we're using to our to our kids and and try not to make it be um, kind of military orders and and threats and things like that. So the orders are good. So can you clean up? That's great. I mean, if it were me, I could be like, well, no, I guess I can't clean up, you know, or, you know, <laughs> you might say, just to be more specific, you might say like, hey, would you, it's time to clean up, you know, can you get those done or something like that? So that, but that's really, I'm being really, really picky with you, but that's great. So you clean, you ask her to clean up and she doesn't want to, and then she's dragging her feet, little mild back talk. So what is a, a thing she might say to you, like, uh, uh, as she's dragging her feet and resisting? Like... it wasn't in this scenario, but I know in the past that she has, she said something like, what was it about? About like, oh mom, well that's your job or something. And I was like, hello girl, it is not my job. (laughs) You know, like this is coming from a little (laughs) five-year-old. All right. So she's having some resistance. And so what, so this is great. So the, and this happens all the time. So I'm glad you brought this up because what she's having is some normal resistance to cleaning up because it's not fun to clean up. Um, I might want to put like a little footnote in that because we could talk about like how, what the situation is like in the environment as far as the toys and is it overwhelming? Is it too much for her? Are there too many Mm. toys out? That, that can be a big part of it. For most families, there is way too much for a five-year-old to put away by themselves in five minutes. So we want to kind of um, set the stage and make the environment conducive, re- ready for success for them so that they can make it easily successful. So they, they have en- enough things that they can put it back easily and not a huge pile because that's just overwhelming for everybody. So we want to make the environment ready for them. But let's assume the environment's great. She's just dragging her feet, having some resistance. And um, so what we want to think about in that point is like, uh, who has a problem, right? So she, when she, anytime she's resisting the stuff you ask, she has a problem, right? She's She's indicating to you that I have a problem with this. There's for some reason or other, it's just not something I'm like super enthused about doing right now. And so when we look at communication, we have different skills for when we have, when you have a problem, right? When you're, you're, that sort of line of what's acceptable to you has been crossed and then different. And then we have another set of skills for when she has a problem. And so when someone else has a problem, whether it's, Leona or whether it's your partner, whoever it is, 
we want to think about like one of the best tools for helping people when they have a problem. And, and, and this is what we want to think about as parents is like, how can we kind of like teach them to get over this, this, how can we teach them to get through this moment skillfully, not um, I'm in a battle with my child. Cause more, most often we kind of come to it. And like, when we bring the threats, it's like, Oh, you bring this, I will, I will up you and I'm going to bring this threat. Right. You know, so we want to kind of not get in this adversarial place. We want to sort of stay on her side. So a way to stay on her side would be to, you know, she says, Oh, you clean up or I don't want to clean up. And, and what you're going to, what you can do in that moment is a really great skill called just reflective listening. And it's like, you're just going to, I call it reflective listening because you're just going to hold up a mirror to what's happening to her and reflect back. And this is a way that we can help other people solve their own problems, help our kids solve their own problems. So, uh, so you be Leona, you've said this to me, I don't want to do it. And I'll say to you, oh, Leona, I get it. It sucks to clean up. I, I, I don't like cleaning up my stuff either. And what do you think she might say? Stay tuned for more Mindful Mama podcasts right after this break. We are supported by KiwiCo. If you think it's impossible to get a kid to put down the cell phone or the video game and do something that's good for their brain, you're wrong. It's possible. Let's talk for a second about KiwiCo. It's a science and art subscription box for kids, tested by kids, and it is more fun than any game that they can play. I loved doing the automation project with my daughter. It was so cool. They display their KiwiCo projects and their my daughter's Tinker Crate projects like proudly on their surfaces when they're done. They're so they love them so much. As a parent, it can be hard to find creative and new things to keep your children busy and challenged outside of school. KiwiCo solves that problem and you can spend quality time tackling projects together at home. Do something new with your children. There are different crates for kids of all ages, so there's something to for every kid on your list. There's no commitment and you can pause anytime. KiwiCo is redefining play with hands-on projects that build confidence, creativity, and critical thinking skills. There's something for every kid or kid at heart at KiwiCo. Get your first month free on select crates at kiwico.com slash hunter. That's K-I-W-I-C-O dot com slash hunter. Yeah, that's how I feel. Yeah, I know. It's so fun to play with them, but then we have to put them all away again. But I guess we have to because that's what we do before we go to lunch. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. (laughs) So you can see if like, it may not work exactly like that, but we can, what generally happens is when we empathetically listen and we say, yeah, I get it. You know, this, you don't want to do this thing. And, and I wouldn't want to either, you know, or whatever, if we can kind of say, I hear you and I see you, um, that just acknowledgement of what they're saying to us, then it really just takes the emotional temperature for kids down a whole lot. And for all of us, right? Like imagine if you went to a friend with a problem and she was like, just do this thing. And you were like, hey, don't you see that I'm upset, right? We want to have that same like acknowledgement of you, you hear me, you see me, you heard and saw what I said. So if you, what I want you to maybe practice with with her is to go in and when she's having resistance for you to acknowledge that 
Just acknowledge that. Oh, I know. Cleaning up is not the fun part of playing. I get it, you know, and, and, and that, that will help a lot. <clears throat> so thoughts on this? No, that's a great reminder. I mean, that's something, it's a skill that I've been working on. I mean, I've read your book <laughs> and, and I've read other books too about, um, about that. And it's, it's something that when I can remember to do it, it does work. And it almost works like magic <laughs> where yes. I'm like, oh my gosh, like it feels, not that I'm tricking her, but I'm like, oh, this feels like awesome that this is working <laughs> when I'm like, when we're in it together and I'm, it feels like it's also bringing us closer, not putting us against one another, which feels really good. Um, but then I fall away from it. Like I, I practice it, I remember it. And then like little by little, it falls away. And maybe that's just part of the learning process and, and shifting these behaviors is that you have to like keep in consciously returning to it. Um, but yeah, that's a great reminder. All right. Awesome. Good. Yeah. And you're right. That is just part of the learning process. Like you're like trying to learn a new language, right? Your parents probably didn't respond yeah. the same way. So this isn't your native language. And so it, it takes time and practice and support and all that to kind of get there. And so let's, let's imagine though, that for some reason she's got a strong need and she's still dragging her feet and she still doesn't want to clean up. So now it's kind of, you've reflected back and she's still like, whatever, for whatever reason, like, no, 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 I'm not going to do this. Right. So, um, so what do we do in that moment? That's probably the next question. And, or at least I can yeah. hear that in the, the, the listener, like is in my ear saying, well, yeah, that's not work. <laughs> what if it, yeah. What if it doesn't happen that nicely? <laughs> um, yeah. So in our household, that would probably be a moment where I would pick up something that I had been hoping to get rid of anyway <laughs> and start walking <laughs> towards the trash can. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> well, <laughs> so first of all, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do idle threats. Cause they're gonna, <clears throat> they're gonna believe you. Mm -hmm. And, or if you do use threats that you don't really mean, they're going to learn not to believe you. Yes. So they're either going to say, mommy, you know, their BS meter is like ringing off the hook or, <laughs> or they're going to, or they're going to think you're, you are really, really mean and turn all that resentment on you. So I wouldn't, <clears throat> I wouldn't do that. I mean, there is a place for um, a lot, a natural consequence there, right? Like if as you've pr provided a boundary and the toys aren't there and they, your daughter can't clean up the toys, then there's a place for maybe you're not, you're not ready. You, you're not mature enough yet to be able to handle these, these toys and being able to put them away. So I'm going to take these toys and I'm going to put them in a timeout for a couple of weeks. And then we'll bring them back and we'll try again, but not, um, I'm throwing away your precious things. Yeah. <laughs> no, that is extreme. And the other, the other option, if I'm not in that place, it would probably just be like, oh, fine. And I would pick up the toys. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, like depending on where I'm at. <laughs> so we want to think about, so now this problem has shifted to where you have a problem, right? And we want to think about, um, you know, and we want, and when we look at problems like that, we can see that we have different needs. You know, you, you Leona has some needs and you have some needs and some of your needs in this moment are to have like a pretty clean and tidy house um, so that you can enjoy your house. So you want, so the way to talk about this is to, to hold an empathetic boundary like this is to 
hold your boundary using um, then, which is another skill on the opposite side, which is your iMessage, right? So, so a good iMessage includes three parts, a description of the behavior, how it makes you feel, and how it affects you. And, uh, and the effects are like, uh, if I were taking a videotape of your house, Kaylin, like, well, how would it affect you if those toys were there and, and you were annoyed with the whole thing? So, so let's, let's make one for this situation. So first, how can you describe the behavior without being blameful? Um, just kind of a neutral description. <laughs> like when the toys aren't picked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Is that, yeah, like I'm not yeah. just calling her out. Yeah, 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 yeah. So when the toys aren't picked up, how do you feel? I feel, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say if I'm doing this, I wouldn't use the word like annoyed, but could I, is frustrated okay? Or yeah. do we not want to Frustrated like, or annoyed okay. are okay. Both of them are okay. okay. It's really about what you congruently, honestly, authentically feel. Okay. Because she's going to see through you if you um, understate or overstate it. Got it. Um, and then she's not going to trust you. So you just have to be authentic. Frustrated is the word is like that comes up most with this because yeah. generally we want to use this kind of message when we're frustrated. But yeah, if you feel annoyed, that that's totally fine too. So when the toys are out, I feel annoyed. And then how does it affect you? And this is a really important part of it. She needs to know what the effects of her behavior are on your life, someone she cares about. Yeah, so... For me, when the toys aren't picked up, I feel like I can't enjoy the house and also that they don't really value my time or the stuff I'm doing because I'm just the toy picker upper. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I, that's um, not, that, I probably wouldn't lay all that on a five-year-old, but. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's probably, that's some, that's some projection on your part, right? Like there's some, like we can see yeah. that there's, that's some baggage on your part that has nothing to do with whether she's picking up the toys or not, or we no. don't know. There's like no way you could ever know that. And that's all, that's a lot of that's probably like a, a story, you know, that's kind of coming up in, in, your, yes, in your, it's very much a story. <laughs> in your mind. <laughs> it's really, um, and, but I'm glad you said it and it's, it's really honest and it's, a lot of us, um, we, we have these thoughts that come up that my child is manipulating me. They're doing this on purpose. They're doing all these things. And especially now when we're in this um, pandemic and we're all sheltering in place and everybody's, you know, we, um, we need to remember that our kids' behaviors are tell us a lot more about our kids than they do about us in a lot of ways. You know, it's it, there, there's a, all, especially this pandemic, there's a lot of kid, their pressure, like Leona may be missing her favorite teacher, or these other important people in her life. So if she was having behaviors that were really challenging, like hitting or, you know, all that stuff, like we need to understand, put that in the context of there's some really big stuff happening and, and, um, there are kids have a nervous system that reacts to these things too. So, um, but let me rewind a little bit. So where were we, we were talking about the I statement. <laughs> oh yeah. The I statement. So that's great. So let's do it again. When, when the toys are out, I feel annoyed and Oh, and, and I can't enjoy, and when, when these are everywhere, I can't enjoy being in this space at all. 
All right, cool. So you crouch down. Mm-hmm. Hey, Leona, I get it. It sucks to clean up the toys, but you know what? When these toys are everywhere, I feel so annoyed because I can't, when they're everywhere, I can't enjoy this space. I don't like being in here. And so you're going to do that eye statement and, and it may not magically work. Bing, bing. Yes, mother. Okay. Of course I will do. But what's beautiful about it is that she's not going to have anything to argue with. You're saying, you're just telling her what's happening for you. There's nothing for her to argue with. You're not talking about her character. You know, you're not threatening her, none of that stuff. So you have taken away all the places that she would want to resist against. Okay. Except for just the resistance of a normal human being not wanting to pick up their stuff. So then you may have to find a couple ways to repeat that I statement, but you can, um, but then I would just have a, a natural boundary there, right? Like first we clean up the toys and then we have lunch and not in the form of a threat. If you don't clean up the toys, you're not going to have lunch or something like that. But yeah, yeah, babe, we're going to have lunch. First, we just got to clean up these toys and you make it like not, not a big, as little drama as possible. This is no big deal. It's no skin off your back. This is just what we do. This is just part of the rhythm of your life is that first we do this and then we do this. And, uh, you know, you, if you want, you can offer some help. Hey, you want me to get the blue ones? You could try to be playful about it. That's always like a great option. You know, you could be like, pretend to be like the Southern Belle and be like, oh my goodness, these toys, they make me want to swoon. (laughs) And just be silly and like flop on her. Um, Or I'm going to tickle you until all these toys are picked up. And you tickle her and get her laughing. And then, you know, or you uh, hop on one foot over the toys. Or you also, a great way is to be really bumbling and kind of pretend to be like incompetent (laughs) kids love this so if like say you pick up i don't know what's one of her toys uh her elsa doll okay so say you take your her elsa doll and you're like all right elsa where does she go does she go I don't know, does does she go like in here and you put her under your shirt or does she go, does Elsa go in the refrigerator over here? Yeah. <laughs> like, where, what do we do with this? And she'll be like, no, mommy. <laughs> and she'll say, that's not where Elsa goes. So that, that can be fun. Um, or you can pick up the toys and make them talk. I don't want to be on the floor anymore. Put <laughs> me away. Could use the robot voice, you know. Art, we can be the cleaning robots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she would have a lot more fun with this than what, <laughs> what I'm bringing to the table right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you're not you're you're not doing anything terrible at yeah. all. But but these are just ways to kind of kick your 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 uh, kick your um, response up in that moment, kick it up a notch. Yeah. All right, so what do you think you're going to take with this from this piece? I'd say definitely do it. It's really helpful. It will change your relationship with your kids for the better. It will help you communicate better. 
and just, I'd say communicate better as a person, as a wife, as a spouse. It's been really a positive influence in our lives. So definitely do it. I'd say definitely do it. It's so worth it. The money really is inconsequential when you get so much benefit from being a better parent to your children and feeling like you're connecting more with them and not feeling like you're yelling all the time or you're like, why isn't things working? I would say definitely do it. It's so, so worth it. It'll change you. No matter what age someone's child is, it's a great opportunity for personal growth and it's a great investment in someone's family. I'm very thankful I have this. You can continue in your old habits that aren't working or you can learn some new tools and gain some perspective to shift everything in your parenting. Are you frustrated by parenting? Do you listen to the experts and try all the tips and strategies, but you're just not seeing the results that you want? Or are you lost as to where to start? Does it all seem so overwhelming with too much to learn? Are you yearning for a community of people who get it, who also don't want to threaten and punish to create cooperation? Hi, I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and if you answered yes to any of these questions, I want you to seriously consider the Mindful Parenting membership. You'll be joining hundreds of members who have discovered the path of mindful parenting and now have confidence and clarity in their parenting. This isn't just another parenting class. This is an opportunity to really discover your unique, lasting relationship, not only with your children, but with yourself. It will translate into lasting, connected relationships, not only with your children, but your partner too. Let me change your life. Go to mindfulparentingcourse.com to add your name to the waitlist, so you will be the first to be notified when I open the membership for enrollment. I look forward to seeing you on the inside. mindfulparentingcourse.com Yeah, I think it's it was so helpful to have that reminder of just kind of doing that mirroring of what's coming up for her and letting her know I see and hear her. Mm -hmm. um, that's that has worked really well, especially with Leona in the past. Um, she's very empathetic and very sympathetic, and the I statements work well too because then she's like, "Oh, I don't want mommy to feel that way." And so um, I think honestly, with those two, if I can remember to not just get to the agitated place where I start getting didactic about stuff, um, that that can soften it for both of us and probably resolve a lot of the little just like eh, moments that we're having right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's think about like, let's imagine you sort of get agitated and you're like, oh, I'm here again, she's not listening. And you're in this agitated place. Um, and so you're feeling some stress, which is kind of, you know, cutting off a little access to your thoughtful, rational brain. So I wonder what could be a good way to help you take a moment of pause, help you take a moment to just take a breath and like slow it down. So you have room to, for the, because that the truth is, is that our, our reactive part of our brain is that reptilian brain. That's all like 
fully developed and super fast, lightning fast reactions, hardwired. right? Hardwired, I'm aware. Totally <laughs> hardwired, right? And then the the thoughtful, the the prefrontal cortex, the higher order thinking parts, they take a little longer. So they need a little time to catch up. So I wonder how we could help you remember to kind of take some space in that, in that, in those moments. Yeah, I know I feel best in those moments where I can feel the agitation kind of swelling, <laughs> where it's like, oh, I can feel it rising. Um, it's like you, that little part of me wants to like get in there and be combative, but I know I truly feel best when I step back from the situation where, you know, if, if the confrontation's happening in the family room, like actually remove myself, take a couple deep breaths, and that often just in taking like those three deep breaths, I can feel, you can almost feel it like a switch where it's like from that reptilian part to like the front thoughtful part. Mm -hmm. And um, because I, I find that when I'm in that agitated place, I tend to move more quickly and be more rushed. And it's just, it's all, it's all moving in a negative direction. It doesn't feel good for anybody. Um, so yeah, I think the first step in that is for me to step back away mm -hmm. from it instead of just continuing to engage and move down the path that isn't working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that'll be the challenge is like the stepping back and maybe even just like uh, when that resistance comes from her, just like turn your body language like away for a minute and then and then see if you can take that breath there and pause and even just saying labeling it for you just like acknowledging helps lower the emotional temperature for her it does the same for ourselves so if you can label like agitation hello yeah. agitation old friend i see you there you know <laughs> like all right so this is agitation that acknowledgement can start you down the path of like more skillful means of like, okay, I'm agitated. Okay. And then what, what I can take some breaths and then you're like, okay, what's happening here? And that can lead you down a little bit further down that thoughtful path. Yeah. That's, that's very helpful. Like catch yourself. And instead of just being like, oh, I should be handling this better. And then you're kind of like in a different kind of thought spiral. <laughs> <laughs> to just take that pause and be like, okay, feeling that agitation, deep breath and regroup. All right. And so I guarantee you're going to be some moments where you don't take that pause. Yes. <laughs> <And> you, <laughs> surely there will. <laughs> and you remember after the fact, because you are merely mortal like the rest yeah. of us. <laughs> and uh, that's the hardest part, right? Is taking that pause. So I know that you have your own meditation practice. So that's going to give you a little bit of help and being able to take that pause. But I also want you to remember that if you remember, oh, I just had that conversation with Hunter like days ago. And you remember that kind of after the fact and you started to, to threaten the garbage can. Um, yes. <laughs> that's okay. Like I want you to count that as a win because it's almost like we the remembering what we're working to do is get the remembering to just move down the timeline. And we are not, you know, it takes some time. First, we remember after the fact, oh, don't, that's that thing I could have done. We just talked about it. And then you might remember um, kind of midway, you're like, you've got Elsa in your hand and you're about to, and then you're <laughs> like, oh, wait a second. 
ah, okay, wait, I'm just going to pause, right? So, yeah. so maybe you remember, you know, the idea is you kind of move it down the timeline. Mm-hmm. And if you can do that piece about labeling what's happening for you, oh, annoyed, oh, I'm feeling kind of annoyed right now, or I'm feeling kind of rushed right now. Um, if you move that labeling your own emotions further down the timeline, that helps to relieve relieve them and then go at them with a clearer thinking. But it is a win to remember wherever they come down the timeline, even if it isn't. I know you're a person who likes to, you know, get it right and do things well. Yes, I do. <laughs> uh, so if it, if it comes down the other end of the timeline, you know, the practice is just like, ah, oh, this isn't easy. You know, I, this is not a strong habit for me yet. Um, it's okay. And you go and repair and say, you know what? Hey, Leona, let's rewind. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to threaten to throw out Elsa. <laughs> I, I didn't mean to do that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't actually do that. It's just that I feel, and then you used your eyes message yeah. right? when these are everywhere. I feel really annoyed. Um, you know, maybe we can try, try to do it together in a better way. But like, just remember that even if you, the remembering of it comes further than you think it's a win. That's, that's helpful to hear because it is, it's frustrating, right? When you want to be practicing these skills and then you find yourself just defaulting to old patterns and then you realize, oh my gosh, I did that again. And it's hard not to get down on yourself, but that's, that's important to remember that even, even if it kind of, speaks to you after that it's it's somewhere in there <laughs> it'll, and then hopefully it'll keep moving forward in time. Yeah, it's just time and practice and it really is like anything. So, and at first you, you're probably familiar with that learning ladder, right? The first step mm-hmm. is you're unconsciously unskilled. So yes. that means you don't know what you don't know. It's almost a happier place than the second step, but um, you don't know what you don't know. And so <clears throat> you just think, what's wrong with my children? Why won't they behave? So I will feel better. Yes. <laughs> and, then, and then we start to become, the second step is consciously unskilled. And this is the tricky part is like, you've been listening to the podcast for a while. You've read the book and you're like, I know what I should do, but I'm still unskilled because you haven't had sort of enough time in practice. The third step after that is consciously skilled. And so most of us you know, we spend some time, it, it's the hard, that's the really hard part is between those two steps. Um, and then maybe if we really practice for a long time, we're unconsciously unskilled, which is the fine, unconsciously unskilled, which is the final step, which is like, you just, it's fluent for you. Automatic. Like, you got to think of it. It is like learning a foreign language and, yes. and you really have to try and practice because it isn't main, was not your native language. So you have to cut yourself a lot of slack. Yeah, that's what, it, you're right, it does feel like that, learning a different language. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. Well, I don't think we have any time for any other challenges. Um, do you, I love your wins. It's great that you're being more patient and, and less reactive. That's great. So what to do when they're not listening, I think maybe is kind of what's happening here with the challenge. Um, what, do you, what are you going to take away in general from this? Yeah. Well, first of all, I think just any time I engage with this type of content, whether it's in a conversation or in a book or in a podcast, it's so useful to 
just remind me of, of how I want to be showing up with them and, um, and reminding me also of the stuff that I've been playing with and practicing that has been working. And so I think, um, in general, it's, I think life functions better. And that's part of what's been so interesting right now with COVID um, and keeping us all in our homes is there is sort of a naturally slower pace to life. Like we're not, you know, needing to get out the door to school or, um, you know, my husband going to work or anything like that, where we sort of have these set in stone timelines where we would kind of have more of these agitated moments. So maybe that's part of what's letting me lean in more into like the flow and just feeling less reactive in general. Um, but to, to focus on the, the skillful tactics that we talked about and, and practice them more because they feel really good for me. And I know my girls respond well to them. And first and foremost, just giving myself that pause when needed and preemptively even, you know, if yes. I can just kind of tell it's a tough morning in general, you know, to like ask my partner to step in and just be like, all right, I need to go and like take a couple deep breaths or take a shower by myself with no little people around, you know, like, <laughs> um, you know, to have those moments where I'm, I'm taking care of me first, sort of like, and starting from that calmer place so that we are able to do the more skillful things. Awesome. Yay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Those are great. I do. I, I really do think this is the perfect time to be focusing on our relationships with our kids. Cause like we have this time and we're like with them all the time. So with, without the pressure of getting to swim practice and tumbling and whatever you're doing, like it, it, it really um, is an ideal time off. That's awesome. And I should mention that I, um, I got your book for my husband, Craig, and Craig has been carrying it around the last few days for reading it. And yeah, so. Oh, go Craig. That's yeah, awesome. He, he was reading it a while ago and then um, it was sitting on his nightstand for a while. But now he's, uh, it seems like he's diving back into it. And it's, it's really helpful to have us both on the same page with it. So um, thank you for that. Great. Well, good. Well, Kaylin, thank you so much for coming on. And, and for the listener who is uh, maybe at home working on their, their home business, you should know that Kaylin is in a wonderful resource for that. So where can they find you and your work? Oh, that's so kind of you. Yeah, I, I help moms who are entrepreneurs um, work fewer hours and build up their businesses. And they can find me over at KaylinAsher.com. I've got my three-day work week schedule there. And we'll have a link to that in the show notes. Thank you, Kaylin. Thank you, Hunter. Thank you so much for listening. I imagine that you can relate to this and maybe you know some other people, right, who can relate to this too. So if you do, please do share it. I like the way I like to share my podcasts that I like, I want to listen, share with my friends is that I take a screenshot on my phone and then I text it to them. Or it's a great, it's, um, I really, really appreciate if you really liked it, just to let me know. Tag me in the Facebook group or Instagram. And, you know, these skills that I talk about with Kaylin, like, they take so much practice. It really is like learning another language. And without practice, that those muscles, they get weaker. You know, it does take that support. That's why the Mindful Parenting membership is a membership, right? It used to be a course and I turned it into a membership and put the course in the membership because it takes so much support and our kids go through all these different ages and stages. I love being able to support my members through those different challenges that arise. 
And now really excited, I have my teacher trainers who have gone through the membership and are now learning to teach mindful parenting in person in their own communities. Really cool. So um, if any of those things interest you, if you just want to transform your parenting, you want to take, this is like the perfect time for it because we're home and focused on our kids. So um, I invite you to check it out. It's at mindfulparentingcourse.com. And I'm wishing you a beautiful week. I'm wishing you some moments of peace and cooperation and lots of hugs from your kids this week. I'm going to go get some of that from myself too. And I will be back to connect with you again next week, my friend. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. It is an honor to connect with you. Namaste.